I didn't eat food for well, five days. Five days. Five days. Or it was even more than that. It was 128 hours because I was like, hmm, I don't need food for another eight hours. So the thing is, why five days? I don't know. Um, at first, so I tried it in the past, but um, I tried 48 hours in the past, but I kind of worked my way up. I started intermittent fasting, as you might call it, basically fasting for an extended period of time, basically just not eating. Um, it's as simple as that. <laughs> and well, I started it, well, I started it within the last years, but the thing is I always get these incredible headaches. Turns out these incredible headaches are something called the keto flu. This means whenever you don't eat, basically your body has to switch from using carbohydrates, carbohydrates that are stored in your liver. So therefore your organs and your brain, they use glycogen. And this is stored in the liver, usually around 150 grams. One unit of carbohydrates or glycogen has around four um, calories. This means you can run on this glycogen for quite some time. For depends on your size and stuff like this. Um, the thing is, when your body runs out of glycogen, you get hungry because what happens is the glycogen in your blood actually decreases. Therefore, your body's like, well, how about food? But the thing is, um, most people run in this glycogen mode for their entire lives. They are like, oh, well, let's eat something. Oh, the glycogen drops. Well, let's eat food again. The problem is there is also another method of, well, actually uh, making energy. And this is called fat burning. Uh, a topic that many probably will be interested. Um, the thing is, the body actually uses fat burning all the time. Not really all the, all the, all the time, but whenever um, the threshold for um, um, basically the performance or um, just the calorie per unit of time. Um, basically, if this is low enough the body switches for example at walking it just uses a certain amount of fat burning also to support the glycogen because your muscles also have glycogen stored in them and small disclaimer at this point in time the glycogen in your muscles is preserved for activity alone and this means Whenever your brain runs out of glycogen due to low blood sugar, due to the liver running out of glycogen, this means the, the muscles are like, nope, this is ours. Therefore, if you really want to get into fat burning, and there are some huge benefits, it just might be useful to either change your diet to more fats, to be more fatty, and less carbohydrate, or... To just fast because whenever you run out of glycogen your body is like well where has the energy gone where are all the glycogens and if you don't eat then your body's like well um maybe we're gonna do something else how about getting to the freezer because essentially you can think of it like this the fridge is your glycogen 
you can basically fill it up at any point in time. Just go to the supermarket. Or not. No, that's, no, that's bad. Um, just go to the fridge. Because the fridge is in the kitchen. It's easy to access. It's just like going to the toilet. But instead of the toilet, you go to the fridge. But going to the freezer is usually a little bit more difficult. Because you have to actually... I don't know what it is called. But defreeze things. To it up. I don't know. You actually have to wait. And because the things are frozen. And essentially, this metaphor works for the body as well. Things that are frozen, actually, as fat, because you can also freeze glycogen as fat. It's just then stored as fat. The thing is, you can then convert this fat again into, you named it, glycogen. And if you do this, actually, your muscles also have the ability to... Um, so basically, there are these two modes again. The muscles also can burn fat, but... Um, Fat also can be stored as glycogen again in your liver. Therefore, your brain doesn't need to run fully on fat because what your brain actually does is, or can do, usually it runs on 100% on glycogen. But if you then switch to more fat burning, your brain actually can run on ketone bodies and up to 75%. So this means three fourths or three quarters of your brain, not really three quarters of your brain, but your brain's power supply can be actually, uh, well, consist of 75% uh, of ketone bodies. Now, what this does to you and you, if you think about yourself, you, yourself is basically, you are only a, you're only consisting of information. And this information is basically a simulation of you that runs on your brain. And the simulation has certain inputs and certain outputs. You can, for example, produce words. You also have all the sensor information. But essentially, you are only, you're not really seeing things because your brain actually produces a simulation for the you that is the conscious you. Now, what happens is... Just imagine you had a computer, and now this computer... Certain, suddenly had more power and this is essentially what happens because whenever you switch to fat burning there is this thing happening per unit of or per molecule of glycogen a certain amount of oxygen is needed and for a certain amount of ketone bodies well the same amount of oxygen is used but the thing is um, it releases more energy. Of course, you could also formulate it differently. You could say per energy unit, less oxygen is used. Therefore, whenever we have one of these ketone bodies, we suddenly have more energy in the brain because at a fixed energy, or not energy, but oxygen supply, what happens is um, you just have more power in your brain. This means more power, more power to you, to self, the conscious self. So, what this means for me, what I have experienced. Basically, if you eat a huge chunk of carbohydrates, there is also, there are also some chemical changes happening in your brain. For example, um, you just get more content with the things you have in life. Actually, these are the dopamine cycles. Um, essentially, the short-term reward cycle your brain has for making you do things and making you active and making you want to work out, for example. 
and then, on, then there is the serotonin cycle, which actually um, makes you happy. So, but this is only like um, a huge part of scientific things um, broken down into, oh, it makes you happy. <laughs> uh, it's actually quite comical. I mean, people talk about being happy. <laughs> oh, man. And actually, what they refer to is just like this huge combination of uh, of neurotransmitters in the brain at a certain rate being released and being accepted and well and also hormones uh, hormones if I pronounce it correctly so the thing is what you maybe could do if you want more brain power in your life is either switch to a ketogenic diet uh, or you just fast because most people from their early childhood have never ever skipped a meal <laughs> and i mean this is incredible if you think about animals if you think about a bear i mean of course we are not bears and there's a certain there's a really big so we don't have to we don't have the winter mode um, but the thing is humans actually the thing that humans actually are doing exceptionally well is being endurance athletes. So this is the thing about, there's the theory about um, the humans being in the, I don't know what you call it, it's called Savannah, I think. My phone's just switched off, but it's still recording. Um, so basically in Africa running around, the thing that humans are exceptionally good at is sweating, is using the energy they already have in their bodies. Because it turns out humans are pretty much the only, apart from whales and stuff like this, um, are pretty much one of the few mammals that have a pretty decent fat burning mode. And actually they can burn fat and also be active at the same time. This means humans aren't short-term hunters like leopards, for example, or gepards or lions. But humans are good at hunting down things, good at running 30 kilometers a day, and then actually um, just running down the whatever they are hunting because, because the uh, thing they are hunting is just tired and just collapses. Therefore, they can get the food, namely um, the flesh in this part of our example. Now, why did I fast for five days? The thing is, I try to switch to this fat burning mode. I tried to switch previously, but for me, it never turned out. Then, a almost a year ago, one almost 15 months ago, I was like, after a, a few failed trials, I got more and more into the things. And it turns out the more carbohydrate rich and the more processed and the more, well, less ketogenic your last meal is and the meals you had before this, um, the more your brain or your body has problems when switching to full fat burning mode. Basically, of course, you can switch to, well, let's say 20% of fat burning. For example, if you go on to the stepper, you may be... Uh, your fat burning rate maybe I don't know 20%, 30%, 40% could be. But the thing is, the problem is your brain. Because if you have never 
switched to full threat burning mode, the ketone bodies actually never have been produced. So ketone bodies are basically a byproduct of um, splitting up fat and therefore making energy out of fat. And because your brain can use them, your brain just uses them. And this means the 75% of ketone bodies actually are something entirely new for your body. This means whenever your brain tries to run on ketone bodies, your brain is like, oh, well, what about the salt? Uh, where is the salt? And then it's like, oh, what about the water? And then you get uh, a pretty much completely blown up face because of the water retention. And then your head starts to ache like crazy and you basically cannot do anything at all anymore. I mean, literally, because your brain just hurts and you cannot sleep and you cannot do anything anymore. It's basically one of the worst illnesses you could possibly do, at least in my experience. And in my experience, I just didn't eat for, so it, not just, I just didn't eat, I just didn't skip a meal for, I don't know how many years of my life. Therefore, my brain wasn't used to that and my brain was like, what the hell? Okay, now, I started intermittent fasting, as you call it. Um, actually, it's nowadays, in, at least in the scientific literature, it's more called uh, time-restricted feeding. Why? Because intermittent fasting is something else. They just um, redefined the terms to make use of the intermittent, intermittent fasting um, for, yeah, basically for something else. Time-restricted feeding now is basically a way to say, how about instead of trying it hardcore all the time, why not just um, do one hour or more of that food? And basically, let's say uh, you start fasting at one at So basically, your last meal and then the first hour you didn't eat is the first hour of fasting. Because fasting is essentially nothing else than not eating calories. Also not drinking calories. It doesn't work if you, <laughs> if you just, mm, well, let's say you fasted but you drank one glass of apple juice every hour. Basically, a glass of apple juice probably has like 50 calories. This means you're essentially running on glycogen all day long. Also, I basically <laughs> drank apple juice for my entire childhood because we actually do have, uh, I grew up on the countryside and therefore we had apple juice all day long and I drank it all day long. Therefore, not only was I not 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 really skipping meals, but I also was basically running on the glycogen out of um, my gut all the time and not even out of my liver and basically um, freaking out my brain later on because I essentially was only running on glycogen all the all the freaking time and not even not even complex glycogen. Of course, the glycogen in the body is the same, but whenever you eat something. Uh, it's not all stored in the liver, only the leftover parts are stored in the liver, but the parts of sugar, for example, is basically just a less complex carbohydrate. Basically, um, sugar are like um, some molecules and then uh, more complex carbohydrates, for example, like grain, um, like full grain stuff are just more complex. This means more molecules bunched together into a gigantic molecule. These are called like um, simple sugars or um, one unit sugars. I don't know the scientific term in, in English right now. Uh, okay, so now why try fasting? Because you want to increase your brain power. There are also like 
10,000 other benefits I didn't, I didn't even mention. For example, fasting actually has been kind of proven, so the scientific community is just kind of, oh, well, there's this thing called fasting. It's, and fasting basically hasn't really been studied for all of, uh, all of scientific history. But at the same time, it, has had a, it kind of has been a huge part of people's lives for thousands of years. I mean, what did Jesus do? I mean, let's say he lived. Um, we don't really know. I don't really know. <laughs> he fasted for 40 days. And it was like, oh, he fasted for 40 days. Um, what did this YouTuber do called Connor Murphy? <laughs> he fasted for 40 days. Um, now, what did Creative Take do? Um, he fasted for five days because he didn't fast for 40 days. Of course, uh, there are people out there who are like, what? He fasted for five days? This is completely crazy. This is completely nuts. I couldn't even eat for one hour. And then I was like, oh, no, no, no. Well, yeah. But the thing is, just most people have never even read about the topic, have never even thought about skipping one single meal. I've never maybe even not skipped one single meal. And the thing is this, we humans are essentially endurance athletes running on fat. This is the thing we are really good at. If you thought about like years ago, I mean, these metaphors, uh, these, we were hunters and gatherers, and then it all changed when we began to grow, grow rice, and uh, we began to settle down, it all changed, and then the civilization died, began to ruin our lives. Well, this essentially is kind of true, um, but these metaphors are also not grasping the reality of, um, well, biological selection always as good as more complex logical language would or more complex metaphors, um, citing Richard Dawkins a little bit. Richard Dawkins is a year. Well, uh, for one, a atheist, and for two, someone who uh, kind of really brought light into the topic of biological selection uh, as a statistical as a statistical phenomenon, instead of something made up like, uh, well, there was God and then there were all these animals and God was like, bling, and then there were less animals or I don't know. Okay, biological selection, uh, hunters and gatherers. Basically, humans are hunters and gatherers, if you want to really bring it down to like very simple language. And now, the thing is, they had food, for example, in the Ice Age, they had like a gigantic mammal called, uh, what are these elephants with hair called? I don't even know. They, the ones in the Ice Age, what are they called? I don't know. <laughs> uh, mammoths? In, Germans, in German, they are called mammoths. In English, I don't really know. So there are these gigantic hairy elephants, and whenever they killed an elephant, or for example, if you look at Native Americans, they had methods to dry um, meat. So the thing is, also meat is very calorie dense, and probably was responsible for a huge chunk of human evolution and the brain and stuff like this. But this is going too deep into uh, other topics. We want to focus on the fasting part. The thing is, Sometimes people had food, and sometimes they didn't. And also, other mammals can last without food for entire months of the year. So maybe humans also could skip a single meal. 
and it's not even it's not even the three times per day i mean i for most of my childhood had like if you consider every single sip of apple juice i drank at school i drank um, at sport i drank in the afternoon when doing my homework i essentially ran on glycogen and not even my liver glycogen but the glycogen out of my out of my gut for basically almost all of my life therefore my body maybe specifically had more problems switching to fat burning and that is probably we're more used to the fat burning mode because my body essentially only during the night had the ability to for example i i don't know when i ate the last meal or when i had lunch or dinner it's just a um a thought i had this could be one single variable that contributed to me having problems to switching to full fat burning mode and maybe my brain not being adapted to it because of these factors or variables could have been a key point so basically i started fasting in uh, 2020 i did a few fasts before um, a few really failed fasts that basically resulted in me being ill for one day or even two days because of the keto flu I mentioned. But the thing is, the main thing is, if you run on carbo or one of the main things, of course, it's not, reality is, is never easy as saying, oh, the main thing is this, or the main thing is this, or the key thing you need to understand is this, or the most important thing you understand. No, it's not an ever. <laughs> most of the, yeah, well. I'm not talking about um, displaying reality accurately or trying to approximate reality as accurately as possible in human language. Because basically, if you think about it, humans talk clickbait all the time. Mid -cl with clickbait meaning this is the most, this is the best camera I've ever used, or this is the best evening I've ever had. Or when getting a present, it's like, oh, this is the best present I ever had. Of course, it's not. But we humans talk like this. And not talking logically or scientifically. Scientifically. Okay. Therefore, I wanted to try fasting. I tried fasting for longer periods. It didn't work. Therefore, I was like, what if I just fasted every single day and try to extend the periods without food and therefore getting my body more and more adapted to it. Therefore, I did a 24-hour fast, I think in late 2019. And then um, the first time in... And then I did a 48-hour fast for the first time in 2019, I also think. And then I was like, what if I intermittent fasting or time-restricted fasted for every single day throughout a single month or two months or how, how long I could um, keep it up, basically. And I started, so I started first skipping my breakfast. So essentially there were a few... Um, steps before this because it's never as easy as okay I ate five times a day and now I'm switching to eating only once a day um, there were a few steps before this so I already mentioned I tried just extending the periods without food before um, the first thing I did was I standardized my breakfast already when I was back in school um, I standardized my breakfast therefore I just uh, was also sometimes tracking my calories but most of the time not, but I just said, okay, I just eat a single, um, this, the identical breakfast or at least similar breakfast every single day. So this was the first standardization I did. The next stuff, the next step was to um, 
eat a little bit less breakfast and therefore to get a little bit more into the fasting because essentially overnight you are fasting this is also why breakfast is called breakfast breakfast think about it you break the fast wow mind blown yeah well human language sometimes describes things really accurate and people just don't think about it well another point so basically i stand and ask my breakfast two two toasts and one banana uh, at first it was two toasts and a little bit of uh, jam or something like this but then i switched to two toasts and one banana it's also very easy and it's also very time efficient therefore you only need at maximum 20 minutes to just um stuff it into your mouth and then you're done with your breakfast and that's it and it's not like oh i make a little bit of marmalade and a little uh, little bit of tea here and then it's like one hour gone because you also have to prepare the things you also have to yeah well that's um, that's time management and stuff like this it's an entirely new topic <laughs> the thing about time management is this most people don't understand is also clickbait <laughs> it's not about okay here's this it's not about oh man uh it's not about displaying all these things and saying like oh i stood up at this uh, at this certain time the only difference is this the version of you that actually takes 20 minutes of breakfast and the version of you that takes 40 minutes of breakfast if you think about it it's like 20 20 minutes difference within seven days within a single week it's 140 minutes if i'm calculating this correctly well i think i am 140 minutes this is two hours what do you, could you do with two more hours every single week you could play you could learn to play the piano you could learn to play programming you could essentially do um, two hours of riding a bike this means usually well let's say from 20 to 50 kilometers a big bike ride per week and if you think about it like i mean and then it's like two hours a week but this is like flexible time this means uh, work time but this is time management and this is an entirely new topic we were talking about fasting also time management just think about how much time per day goes into preparing getting food washing the dishes brushing your teeth afterwards um, cooking food preparing food for this for the next day i mean this is huge this is one of the most time eating things in our days it's food it's preparing food and therefore if you just get rid of some of this preparing time you essentially free up so much time and this is also what i experienced on the one hand during this 128 hour fast and also before this when trying to eat once every single day this was the thing i wanted to do eat once every single day within one hour this is the thing i wanted to do i also i mean the goal was 23 hours and one so 23 to one is it's the restricted time feeding window you call it but um i didn't make this the official goal because if you make the goal harder it's actually and then you fail actually psychologically you are just like okay now let's freak it all and so therefore i set a lower threshold therefore the success rate was higher this meant i actually felt better about it and this means i the official goal was 22 to 2. and i started in 
on the early days of February in 2020. With eating once a day within one hour, this also meant I only had one single hour for brushing my teeth, for preparing the food, for eating the food, and for washing the dishes afterwards. And it was kind of an experiment, you could say. Um, I found myself stuffing uh, food into myself, especially um, till the end of the one hour, and then like brushing my teeth really fast because um, I was like, okay, this is when the clock starts. For me, it was usually around um, seven. I later switched it to I later switched it to um, nine p.m. I guess, or I don't know. I think it was seven thirty. I don't know right now. Um, somewhere around this time, maybe it was eight. Sometimes somewhere between eight thirty and eight, I had my one hour of eating. I also had a bigger window. This meant the 18 to 6 hours. So I basically set up a multiple multiple layers of restricted time feeding. Because, um, and this is also how I track them. Because nowadays I sometimes do fast for uh, entire days. This means like I do a 23 to 1 fast, or a 22 to 2, or a 20 to 4, which I found uh, to be the most useful. Why? Because the thing is, if you're not eating for 20 hours, 21 hours, 22 hours, 23 hours, then your body is already in fat burning mode. Now, if you shock the body with a huge amount of insulin caused by the amount of carbohydrates and the amount of protein, because fat doesn't trigger as much insulin, insulin is basically the hormone that says to your cells, open up, we have nutrition for you. And now what happens, if you are like full into fat burning mode, your body is burning things very efficiently. And now if your insulin spikes and you also have fat, um, basically the fat gets stored in your fat stores right away. And this is not what uh, I would recommend and neither does science at this point in time. Therefore, actually breaking the fast a little bit earlier with a small amount of food is much better because otherwise what I also found to be as a result of um, not changing and adapting my diet, because I basically, um, well, I was like, because I am making this work and because it's already such a psychological restraint on myself, um, I just, I basically didn't eat sugar for a few years, but not for a few years consistently, but more like, okay, uh, here another three months without eating sugar and it's not eating completely without sugar I only didn't eat um, refined sugar well that's basically it I still ate honey which basically is nothing else than sugar but just anything with essentially sugar added in it except sauces and um, any vegetables with sugar because you basically can just cannot get for example, the small cucumbers, the sour cucumbers, without sugar in them. There basically is no way you get them at the supermarket without sugar in. Okay, another topic. Um, so basically, I didn't adapt my diet to be more ketogenic. The thing is, if you fast for longer periods of time and then you also eat ketogenic, your insulin doesn't rise as much and therefore your body is like, okay, a little bit of food and then right into fasting again, right into fat burning mode again. But the thing is, if you now eat lots of carbohydrates, like 
one to 2,000 kilocalories per day. Um, for me, it's around usually around 2,000, so I usually burn just 2,000 on average. With all sport included and with all activity, I usually burn um, pretty much point on 2,000. Maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. But that's, that's essentially what Samsung Health tells me. And Samsung Health pretty much knows all of my activity, therefore. I mean, of course, it could be that this approximations, these approximations are completely wrong, but they have the data of millions of people and they are one of the leading fitness apps out there. And why should this be completely wrong? <laughs> I mean, I probably, with all, I mean, I don't have much knowledge about this stuff. But the thing is, why would you be able to make a better approximation? Therefore, this probably is pretty accurate. So now, I just watched, uh, I just looked at the time because this is maybe get, getting a little bit long. And also, um, my posture is getting a little bit shitty. So now, with improved posture, let's actually try to um, resolve the mystery around fasting and about my 128 hour fast. A little bit more. Okay, I didn't change my diet. I just ate the same stuff as before, just within a smaller window. This meant I actually increased the phases of fat burning. So if you think about the 24 hours in a day and you think about your fat burning percentages, you basically increase, just increase your overall fat burning percentage because even if you store the things you eat right in fat, then they just get stored in fat as fat and then they just get retrieved as fat again. So basically, even if you are building up fat within your eating period or after this, when digesting all the food, after, um, I mean, there is no, there is just no way around the 2000 calorie thing because the calorie thing is just, it's just, um, Physics, it's just uh, the preservation of energy and your body has no way around this preservation of energy. There are some um, scientific branches out there who are basically like, well, calories don't matter as much, but it's, it's not a debate really. It's not like calories matter, whereas calories don't matter. The thing is, again, scientifically and logically applying language, it's not <laughs> do calories matter versus they don't matter. Of course, both statements are true, but only up to a certain extent. So basically, it's a, it's a, what do you call it again? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a equation. It's a equation. And the, there is an output on the one side of the equation. Then there is the equation thing called equal sign. And then there are variables and each variable has a cofactor, meaning how important is this variable? And the variable calories probably is pretty important, but some say it's 75% important, and others say it's 70% important. That's what we are talking about. It's not, do calories matter versus they don't? Um, <laughs> which is a pretty nice YouTube thumbnail title. YouTube thumbnail title, you know what I'm talking about. Clickbait language. All right, back to business again, back to fasting. I just thought which impression I could use to introduce fasting a little bit more. I mean, Liam Neeson would be pretty nice. I do know who you are, and I do know what you eat. But the things you eat are not really optimized for intermittent fasting. So therefore, you could maybe change things. The thing is, the psychological thing was one part. After maybe 
around one month it got a little bit easier also it's not as easy as you would think in terms of social interaction because basically eating is a huge chunk of social interaction if you think about it this also means that whenever you decide to eat with others it's not really easy to not eat therefore just staying away from everybody who eats at these points in time is just much easier because i mean you are hungry in the beginning at least and this is not the easiest thing ever therefore for me just staying away from people who ate at these periods of time was pretty useful what i did was i just slept a little bit more sometimes during lunchtime why because what happens if you sleep for one you skip time and for two whenever you sleep your body usually switches more to fat burning why because for one um your brain i don't know how much power the brain uses but the thing is you just skip time therefore you and you are not eating <laughs> this is why eating breakfast you get it uh the thing is if you skip time and you're not eating the percentages of your body uh your body's power supply already changed just due to the time not counting in any other factors the sleeping maybe uh would do so i'm just thinking about the fact i'm putting this out on creative take and i may plan to make a dedicated a dedicated health sports fitness channel in the future um because uh, creative take is usually so i think about it like this i just have all these categories in my life for example like manage for example like sport for example manage basically is the organization of my life and basically creative take is just um, my thoughts and my things i have figured out when it comes to um, managing myself which is probably one of the most important things everyone should at least to some degree be able to do when it comes to living <laughs> and basically creative take is just me using all my thoughts i have on managing myself and putting it out there and since eating is a huge part of our lives and also a huge part of time management i think it kind of makes sense but since i haven't started the health channel yet um well i just recorded and put it out on creative take so or whatever i call the channel in the future since i'm not that consistent with these plans or channels all right back to intermittent fasting and back to time restricted feeding this video is definitely getting a little bit long as well as my conversations with friends usually do get when i whenever i start talking about these topics this is also the reason i just yeah, well doesn't matter back to back to fasting so what i experienced was well a lot of headaches a lot of being hangry why because basically if you eat once a day then the keto switch has to happen once every single day and if you then are not using the ketogenic diet and the thing is i was the complete opposite of the ketogenic diet ketogenic basically means if you think about the main nutrients protein fat and carbohydrates that ketogenic means you so the ketogenic mode is the fat burning mode the body has and therefore ketogenic eating ketogenic means just eating mostly fat 
it's not really eating mostly fat because fat has a higher calorie density. Fat has nine calories per gram, whereas proteins and also carbohydrates only have four, four kilocalories, or it's kilo, I think, um, per gram. This means it's twice the energy density. This also means you don't actually have to eat as much food anymore. Theoretically, if you switch to a ketogenic diet, which is something I tried recently, or it's not really ketogenic, but it's much more low carb, combined with eating once a day. Sometimes I eat three times a day in the last time, and sometimes I eat two times a day. Well, that's only the recent time, but back to 2020. So I basically, um, without, I did only two or three exceptions. And this means not like a total exception, but just um, maybe eating also uh, lunch instead of only dinner, instead of 22 too. So I did only two exceptions, I think, for, I, I would have to look it up because I tracked it, of course, because in my, I mean, if you don't track it, you are like, oh, after day three, well, I cannot even remember. But the thing is, I basically did two exceptions and then I kind of loosened it up because it was like, really hard mentally <laughs> and also socially and also just i mean it's not it's like yeah we have lunch now what do you do you want to go with us and then i'm like well i do this thing called fasting and it's well why i mean why and they are like why okay well that's the uh, social constraints you may have to deal of deal with if you experiment with things like fasting Okay, what did it do for me? Um, I essentially froze a lot. Why? Because of this hangry phase, because of the keto switch. What I found out, essentially, what was the thing I did wrong? Basically, because I ate so much carbohydrates, um, the keto switch usually happened when I was awake. And since my keto switch wasn't either very fast nor very efficient, um, this meant that I had this gigantic keto switch and the keto switch is so you run out of carbohydrates then you begin to get hungry then after then some time passes so basically um, getting the, the signs of first hunger are usually the signs so the glycogen reaches a certain threshold and your body is like hey what's up um, maybe eat some carbohydrates again and <laughs> If you then don't eat some carbohydrates again, um, the threshold gets lower and lower and lower, and your body's like, hey, what's up, what's up, what's up? And this is the hangry phase where you essentially are like, ah, what about food? What about food? I could eat like three pizzas right now. This essentially was hap what happened to some degree to me, and controlling these, well, mm, signals my body actually sent me was not really, really easy. Of course, there are people out there who have bigger problems than trying to not eat. But, well, first of all, problems. Okay, back to carbohydrates, back to intermittent fasting, and <laughs> back to me talking for almost every single video I record like this for almost two hours. Essentially, a big, gigantic podcast, but also with a video attached to it. Therefore, I can also post it on YouTube. And therefore, I can also post it on YouTube. And it's not only a podcast. I'd, actually, I don't release it as podcast at this point in time. Well, 
different topic. Back to fasting. So I did these two months, they were quite hard, I would say, and I was like, where are the benefits? Okay, um, the thing is, hunger goes down, if you do it right, if you switch more to ketogenic. And the thing is, I was used to eating oats, I was used to eating pancakes. Essentially, I ate pancakes like two to three times a day, not <laughs> times a day, but per week, throughout my entire childhood. I ate like bread every two hours, <laughs> combined with this very simple sugar out of uh, apple juice. And therefore my body was like, what? You cannot just switch up things. Uh, we had everything in order down here or in there. And then it's like, what are you doing? Well, so basically my body was not very happy changes of my organizational food intake changes therefore I I mean I still try to but it was getting harder and harder therefore I kind of quit after two months and I would have to look it up I don't know the exact number right now and if I switch to my phone where I track these things I actually the video would stop and then I would have to add a lot of files and make the video and then process two hours of video footage combined with another two hours of video footage and then it would get like this gigantic task and I don't want to do this therefore I only can estimate it right now but since I started with 22-22 I started tracking all these different time slots and therefore I do have these numbers on 18.6 I do have these numbers on how many days in my life did I eat for 22, 22? Of course, I couldn't track um, times when I was four years old because I simply cannot remember and there definitely is just no data out there. I mean, you could maybe approximate it by just using averages and just... But this is essentially just a huge gigantic um, backend that results in no valuable data and therefore it just can be left out and makes data that's left over more precise because the average data set is more precise then. All right, okay. Therefore, I tried to, I, I kind of knew about it. I had to switch to low carb or ketogenic, but I just couldn't do it because in all the foods I ate for my entire life were basically not ketogenic. Ketogenic is basically only eating vegetables, but only eating low-carb vegetables combined with nuts or eggs or avocados or olive oil, or you could also eat meat, since meat is very rich in protein and also fat, but very, very little, with very little carbohydrates. Hydrates. Okay, so basically keto. Um, in recent time, I tried vegan keto, kind of, not really keto, but more or less low carb. And I basically eat only veggies combined with either nuts and eggs for like a few days. And then I switch it up with carbohydrates again, since it's kind of, it's the thing is, first of all, fasting, second of all, uh, with also switching up your diet. If you think about food, most people, think about food all day long maybe and it, it's just something if you think about it if you asked a person if they are addicted to food they would say, most people would say no I'm not addicted to food but the thing is if, if you're not eating food your body's like what what about food what about food basically 
a sign of addiction. Of course, this is only due to the biological inner workings of our body. But at the same time, the psychological part of because whenever you eat dopamine, your body's like, well, that's nice. Because now we can survive a little bit longer. This means dopamine, basically controlling your short-term... Basically, dopamine is released whenever things are, are about to get nice for the body or are already getting nice to the body. So basically, whenever you either hit a goal or you are just about to hit a goal, or at least you feel like um, you're hitting it. So the act of the anticipation. Therefore, whenever you think of eating, for example, dopamine gets released. And if you think about eating a donut, dopamine gets released. So now, um, this means this dopamine cycle is a huge part of addiction. I mean, if you want to quit eating uh, smoking cigarettes or anything, really, the dopamine cycle just plays a huge part. It's also the same with social media. Why is social media so addictive these days? Because basically there are thousands upon thousands of people out there that just want to maximize the screen time. Why? Because the more screen time they have and you spend on your screen, the more ads you can watch. And basically this is just an optimization. I mean, and this is also an optimization every content creator has to deal with because if you talk catchy and if you talk clickbait all the time and you are like, oh, this is the best camera I've ever used and fasting is the best thing ever, people are, because it polarizes more, people are drawn into it more. Polarization, of course, also means you are either getting more positive um, basically opinions or feedback and also more negative ones because you're basically just um, the more polarizing you are the more you are basically pushing the people towards um, polarizing opinions about the things you said and if you are just not polarizing then it's just like mm, meh it was a nice video but no one watched it okay back to fasting is fasting the best thing ever maybe um and this is the reason I'm still trying to eat ketogenically and or at least low carb or at least an approximation to low carb or at least not as high in carbs as I can. And the same is true with fasting still. I mean, if you think about it, if you eat three times a day, eating a 20 minute breakfast in terms of time is really, really, I mean, it's basically and then brushing your teeth again. And that's 20 minutes. I mean 20 minutes from the start of switching the activity to the end of switching to another activity again. For example, studying, then straight cut, the 20 minutes begin, and then you go running, for example, after the 20 minutes, and brushing your teeth straight to the point after the 20 minutes. This is 20 minutes. It's not like, oh, it's 20 minutes, but in reality it's like 45 minutes. Um, which usually is also, I think, humans do. It's like, yeah, it's only 10 minutes, and then it's like two hours. Of course, this is also another psychological effect. Namely, we almost always fail to approximate how long activities take, um, also due to Murphy's Law, and also due to the fact, so also Dunning-Kruger effect, because we simply are very bad at predicting um, things because we almost always things, sim things, tasks, activities, processes are easier. Um, then we get into it and then we realize, actually, they aren't as easy and Dunning-Kruger effect, 
the Dunning-Kruger effect, really. Yeah, uh, Dunning-Kruger effect basically means dumb people or people less skilled think they are highly skilled and the more skilled they get or one person gets, the more they think, um, the lower basically the opinion about their own skill, skill level goes. And this is also kind of the same perspective thing or perception failure, you could say. Back to fasting. I did this and I still did it throughout 2020, now it's 2021, and I did the fast in late 2020. The thing is about fasting in general, um, if you are in fat burning mode, if you are somewhere in between, it really is not the nicest thing to work out. If you are in the Henry phase or anywhere between fully on carbohydrates and fully on fat, there are some problems. This is the problem phase and if you are doing it once every single day then, and you are not eating ketogenic, um, then you are in the problem phase for a huge chunk of the day. This means I usually worked out in the evening and I usually had well very little energy. Nowadays it's a little bit different because if I stick to more or less low carb then it's easier or I do have the same level of energy or because there is also another <laughs> big chunk <laughs> of a variable meaning or it's this if you don't eat throughout the day then you are lighter throughout the day why because food usually I don't know it depends of course if you only eat nuts or if you only drink um, olive oil then <laughs> Basically, one liter of olive oil has like enough calories for a week. But the thing is, if you eat a huge amount of veggies, things that are recommended are like, I don't know, two to five portions of veggies, each 200 grams. This means usually your intake of food is somewhere from 500 grams a day to maybe three kilograms. Let's say on average it's one to two kilograms. This means if you're not eating during the day and your digestion already happened and you're using the bath in the morning, this means essentially you are two kilograms lighter when you're working out and when you're doing pull-ups. This means you can do, I mean, let's just calculate it. Your muscles do have a certain, a certain power. And now your body, let's say, um, Let's say I would weigh 80 kilograms, or I, I just weigh 100 kilograms. Why? Because then it's percentages, because kilogram, amount of kilogram, or kilograms equals percentages. Therefore, if I weigh 100 kilograms and I get rid of 2 kilograms of food in me, because um, I just phase it as such that the 2 kilograms aren't in the working out phase, and basically I'm awake that the 2 kilograms aren't in me in this phase because the two kilograms get in me once I start to eat and they get out of me once I go to the bath and therefore in between I am sleeping therefore I just optimized my weight throughout the day and not only my weight but my power to strength ratio this means if I'm doing pull-ups and I'm two percent lighter I actually do have an increase in strength of two percent this is also huge uh, also when it comes to body weight exercises, also when it comes to calisthenics, also when it comes to running, also when it comes to playing football, basketball, whatever. And you just feel 2% lighter. You just feel lighter. Also your posture improves. Why? Because let's face it, if this is your spine and you have like this huge chunk of food in you, 
then you're just basically in gravity and you are basically all the time. But if you just get rid of this food in you, then um, your spine actually just has less weight. Um, and this means you're basically much more flexible, you're much more agile. Of course, you have the... There's also this other thing. If you don't, yeah, well, your brain kind of changes and if you are get ketogenic, it usually means you are more focused, you are more conscientious, it also means you are more anxious. Why? Because let's face it, if in the past your body didn't get food, it just made sense to optimize in a way that um, you would, so basically, if you think about it, you're not having food for two days and your body's like, where's the food? Does it make sense for your body to now shut your body down? No. Does it maybe make sense for, uh, to actually increase the amount of brain power, to actually increase adrenaline within your bloodstream, to actually increase um, just the brain power? or just the amount of physical activity you could do. Yes, it does. And it's not really a thing of, does the body do this, but much more a thing of biological selection. The people that were able, or the animals that were able, to even increase their energy on day three, on day four, on day five of the fast, they were the ones who actually then got the food, and not the ones who were kind of on day two, they were like, oh, well, uh, probably, will not work out anyway and then they just didn't get food and starved and the other ones got the food but on day five therefore biological selection optimized for people or animals or living creatures that just were able to increase the energy during a fast therefore if you fast your energy or not really your energy but just your brain power actually increases also just in general Whenever you don't eat food and you skip the hangry phase, because let's face it, in the hangry phase, you are basically very emotional and very physical in terms of, if you think about it, okay, the conscious you is the psychological, higher, rational you, and then there is your body, and basically there is a constant switch, basically it's a scale and you constantly switch from, oh yeah, I'm hanged, I want to do this and I don't feel like going out and blah, 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 to okay, I have to do the work, and <laughs> switching back to Lion Least once again, and I will call you, and I will find you. Okay, so much about physical and, or emotional. Emotional basically is, means just you switch more to less rational. And if you think about it, emotions are not something to, of course, yeah, well, different topic. Back to fasting. What fasting essentially does to you is, I would say, if you compare it to, okay, I, situation one, you just ate and you are in one or two hours after a carb, after a carb rich meal of around 500 uh, kilocalories to 1000 kilocalories, basically your big meal of the day. And it was rich in carbohydrates. Then the thing that happens is basically this. You are like, well, I could watch a Netflix movie. I could watch uh, two hours of YouTube of a guy talking, but not even this, because you're more like watching cat videos. Your brain basically doesn't have the power because basically a huge part of energy consumption in the body is digestion. <laughs> this is a huge animal level. I mean, apart from the volume of food in you, 
Just think about this. If you are eating throughout the day, then 20%, 30%, 40% of blood that's in you are just used up for digestion and therefore not used for running your body. I mean, completely crazy, mind blown. Therefore, I mean, the digestion state shouldn't be during your work hours. It's basically complete nonsense to, for one, have all the food in you if there is also a scenario where you don't have the food in you. And for two, uh, maybe actually just putting, putting the digestion part into a phase of your day where you don't have to use your brain power or you don't have to have as much brain power. And if you think about it, I mean, what is the main constraint in your life? <laughs> it's not having enough money. It's not having enough, I don't know, friends. It's not having enough. Basically, you can't just take anything. <laughs> and if you just increase brain power, 1%, 2%, within, then life is just a mathematical equation. I mean, if you try to study and you get 1% better at studying by increasing your brain power to 1% or or by 1%, I mean, then you can study faster 1%. On one, this is on day one. On day two, you already study 1% more, 1% faster. This means you your gains increase and increase and increase and increase. It's basically making uh, a million out of $1,000 in the beginning. It's basically an exponential curve. And if you are able to increase your brain power only by the slightest bit possible, basically, your whole life kind of changes in the end of the 10 years. These accumulated effects just make you a completely different person. Well, I got a little bit big there, but this is essentially what happens. What I find for myself, if I eat breakfast, if I eat dinner, there's also this other huge chunk, and this is also time management. Just think about it. Usually, I say, um, if you just think about all the activities connected to the food intake itself. It's You can just approximate that eating three meals a day results in two to three hours of preparing, brushing teeth, actual eating itself. Um, of course, I mean, you can eat fast, but the thing is, this is actually a kind of a paradox when it comes to time management and eating, because if you eat, then you shouldn't eat fast. But if you don't eat fast, then eating takes long. Therefore, you need more time. But optimizing it in terms of, okay, I now eat faster, also makes no sense. Uh, the food eating and time management paradox. Okay, let's say two to three hours. These are not like any two to three hours, but these are two to three hours of your day, of your flexible time. Because let's face it, most of the time, every single day is fixed. And this is the reason many people around the world only work eight hours a day, because People around the world usually sleep seven, eight, six, nine. Depends on the person, of course. CEOs maybe only two, but um, we sleep a certain amount of time, usually around a third. We also have to get ready for bed and we have to stand up. Then there are all these other activities. In order to not physically degrade over time, we usually have to do at least some kind of physical activity. And if it's not a secondary activity, meaning there are primary and also secondary activities. So primary activity is the, the thing you do right now. And the secondary activity you, is the thing you maybe can do on top of it. Of course, you could say breathing is almost always 
maybe a secondary, maybe a primary, maybe a tertiary activity. But the thing is, we talk about tasks. Therefore, if you are running, for example, and you listen to podcasts at the same time, of course, you can also sit down and listen to podcasts, and the efficiency of listening to podcasts would increase by a certain margin. The thing now is, how much does decrease the podcast efficiency by actually also running at the same time? Running then becomes activity one, meaning the primary activity, and activity two, secondary activity, then becomes podcast listening. Now, the thing is this, you can add listening to podcasts on a huge variety of tasks, like washing the dishes. This means if you wash the dishes, actually what happens is your brain realizes washing the dishes is something you do again and again and again, and your brain is like a huge AI constantly searching for things to optimize. Therefore, what your brain does effectively, <laughs> also efficiently, is just coding all the time. And whenever it re realizes that over time, um, for example, the last seven days or the last 30 days, when it comes to habits, we talk about 30 to 90 days, um, you did the same thing. And the more similar you did it, uh, the more your brain has the ability to just copy-paste the code. And this means the brain power actually used for this kind of activity is reduced. This means it actually frees up brain power. This means you can then wash the dishes and listen to, and listen to podcasts but you now have more brain power for the podcast listening part. This means over time, if you do things a certain way, you actually have more time in general, because let's face it, you can listen to podcast upon podcast upon podcast without even listening to podcast in primary time. This is what I did for years at this point, and I at this point have like primary time. I also listen to podcasts at uh, higher speeds, which actually, effectively results in more listen time and if you take the more listen time resulting out of the more listen speed you are i don't know the exact numbers but i am within months i added to my life by just using this primary secondary thing and i basically read hundreds of books at this point in time just by i i, I just stopped reading primary just stopped reading as reading but i just listened to the books and therefore, I just don't use any primary time for reading books. Therefore, book reading in terms of time management is completely free because I just add it on top of the activities. My rule is about 90 to 10%. So if the efficiency decreases or goes below the threshold of 90%, this means, for example, I cannot really work out and listen to podcasts because then the efficiency of the main tasks drops into a... Um, drops to a threshold where I say, I mean, it doesn't make sense to work out and listen to podcasts because I cannot do both really good at the same time. But if I'm washing the dishes or I am like just riding the bike, and let's face it, riding the bike after a while gets kind of boring. Of course, you can think about stuff. But if you think about stuff, well, secondary activity, kind of a surprise. Back to fasting. What fasting does to you is it increases your brain power by a huge margin. This is probably the single most, this is one of the best, not only time management hacks, but just brain power hacks. You can't just hack your brain. And you also get, when it comes to eating three times a day, if you now eat, let's say two hours a day in the evening or one and a half hours a day in the evening, then you effectively just got 
let's face it, you got eight active hours every single day. You can do whatever you want in these hours, but everything else is kind of fixed. You need one or two hours of social time. Of course, all these activities are constantly combined. For example, if you eat during lunch, you're also having the social um, activity. And this means uh, maybe the primary is eating lunch, but the secondary is also a social hour, basically. Therefore, these activities are already layered on top of each other, but usually there is one main activity. This means, of course, you could also use lunchtime as a social hour as primary activity, but if you then wouldn't eat, then you wouldn't have the social aspect. Therefore, again, the eating is the main activity, of course. It's kind of a question to figure out what the main activity is. Just ask if you wouldn't be doing one activity, would you still do the other? Does one cause the other or which way is it? Which way around is it? Right. Back to fasting. If you free up the breakfast time, this effectively gives you half an hour. If you now have half an hour more every single day, this is time you just added to your day. This is not. And now let's say you free up one single hour. This is not like 124th, because 124th, the rest of the time is fixed. The rest of the time is fixed with working out, with having, uh, with being social, with um, getting ready for bed, with uh, cleaning your house, with uh, getting to work, with driving back from work, with commuting in general, with going out for dinner, with uh, talking with friends, with meeting up with people, with, with going to, uh, I don't know, going to the movies, going to the library, whatever you are doing, you're using only like, the, you're using the rest of the day to do all these activities. Therefore, if you now add one single hour to these eight hours, it's one work hour more. It's not one hour of fixed activities every single day more. It's one hour of, of work hour more. This means it's one eighth more time. And one eighth is 11.25%, 11 I think, at least. Uh, well, <laughs> I just looked to my, in, on my notebook screen onto myself, and I realize that I should probably end this video soon. Uh, well, it's 10% time more, and you also get around 10 to 30% Brain power more. So your average brain power throughout the day, if you plotted the brain power throughout the day, it's basically working hours and then it's sleeping hours. Your brain power goes through the floor, basically, because you're not even conscious. You are kind of conscious, but you don't know about it, which is a paradox on its own because it's REM sleep and stuff like this. But there are also huge parts of the sleep where you just are not conscious. Therefore, if you plot it over time, how would it be if within your working hours you just had your maximum amount of brain power and you try to optimize every single day for this working time? I mean, this would be kind of smart, I guess. Now, you have 10% more time just by getting rid of one single meal or maybe two. What it also allows you to do is, for example, you can sleep for lunch. And therefore, you not only get rid of the, of the brain dump you have after eating lunch, because let's face it, you basically cannot do really much after lunch if you ate a, uh, a decent-sized meal, 
But you also not only return to the average brain power throughout the day, the average brain power whenever you're awake, but you effectively are avoiding this, so basically baseline brain power, but also because of the ketogenic things and because of oxygen and because of per, per unit of, of ketone body and glycogen having more power because of the same amount of oxygen and then having more power. And running on ketones, you effectively also have more than the baseline or the baseline you had if you wouldn't be fasting or inter intermittent fasting or time-restricted fasting or feeding. This means you effectively just have more time. And not only effectively because of time management and because of absolute more time, but you also have more time because you can just get things done more or faster by just having 20 to 30 percent. It's basically like buying a new notebook, just without the new notebook buying part, but it's like getting an upgrade for your notebook and just completely for free. And also with... Uh, <laughs> I, I just... Um, I wanted to think up a metaphor for, yeah, doesn't matter right now. The thing is, fasting basically does so many things for you, and this is not even going into the into the into the direct effects of fasting. This is only about time. This is only about brain power. There are also like there are, there are studies where cancer patients basically fasted, and they basically had a much quicker uh, recovery. There is also this thing that whenever you fast, your cancer cells or the cells that would be uh, have a higher chance of um, being cancer cells in the future, they just don't realize you're actually fasting and they run on a huge portion on carbohydrates. Therefore, if you now uh, restrict your carbohydrates intake or you fast and the carbohydrates are just, just not as available, then these cells kind of starve. There is also the effect that your glycogen stores, because glycogen is less, uh, is less there, uh, is more rare. Therefore, your body actually utili utilizes the glycogen in the liver and also in your muscles much more, because the process just gets more efficient. This means whenever you then eat carbohydrates again, you essentially have a performance increase when it comes to sport activity. Also, when it comes to uh, your brain's activity because if you have a higher utilization rate of carbohydrates this also means whenever your brain then runs again completely on carbohydrates it runs more efficiently on carbohydrates now it's not only your muscles but also your brain and also the rest of your organs this means the glycogen in your body of course you can also increase your glycogen stores by working out but the things that are already storable within your body just get used more efficiently. Additionally, also whenever you you because most of us have not spent our lives running on fat, this means whenever you do run on fat, actually the efficiency increases to a human normal level because we all have basically a non-existing level of not really non-existing, this is only um, exaggerating, of course, but compared to a human that would fast every now and then, it's essentially a very low level, and therefore you can just, whenever you do fast, whenever you run on fat for a huge portion of time, your efficiency of fat utilization just goes up and up and up. This also means 
not only the utilization rates, but also the switches. What I experience, uh, this is something else entirely, but I can actually feel whenever fat is building up and whenever fat decreases out, out of the fat store. It sounds completely nuts, but it's there and I, <laughs> I cannot really think of anything different um, than I mean, it completely correlates with the times whenever I increase my activity, whenever I do ice bathing, for example, the rates of the sensation just go up and then you eat again and then they go down. It's completely correlating with everything that would be every single, almost every single thing I can observe within my body, um, signals or it just seems that this is a huge correlation, therefore I just assume it's true and therefore I basically it's a small tickling sensation and I cannot really feel the difference between building up and actually um, utilizing the fat out of the stores again, out of the fat cells again. This is kind of a bummer because sometimes I don't really know if I am using fat or if I'm storing fat. This is kind of um, would be nice to know. Sometimes it feels almost like, for example, in your legs, you can feel it really good or also on your stomach, um, covering your uh, stomach muscles. Uh, essentially, it feels a little bit so to separate these two and also if you have it. Also, I got it only through fasting because um, you get much more sensitive to insulin and also probably more sensitive to the, the things um, correlated to food in general, I would say. Um, a huge disadvantage maybe out of fasting is because your body, uh, your body kind of gets more allergic to shitty food. This means, um, yeah, that's basically how you could say it. Whenever you eat then refined carbohydrates, whenever you eat something that's not really healthy, um, your body reacts, your body's reaction just has a higher amplitude. And if this makes sense to you, this basically just means you get more bloated whenever you, so for example in the face, for example when it comes to water retention, but also the thing is um, when it comes to water retention for example, you are eating all of the salt within a certain time frame, whereas before maybe you didn't. Also when it comes to water retention, the thing is if you are running on carbohydrates and glycogen, with every unit of uh, glycogen a certain amount of water is stored. And this is not the case in fat, this means you have to drink a lot more in whenever you are burning fat. This also means you're not constantly having a salt intake resulting out of the constant intake throughout the day of carbohydrates and food in general. This means your body has actually to get better at also using the salt within the body and therefore sometimes you have to salt, sometimes you don't have to salt. It, fasting in general, it just means your body has to handle more stress. This also means similar to, uh, to the effects ice bathing has on your body, this just means the threshold for handling stress gets better. If you are sitting in a cold tub or if you are doing cold showers and you are telling your body, to put in the words of Wim Hof, the great Wim Hof, if you are breathing calmly but your body's reaction is like, what the fuck is happening? What the freak is happening because uh, I don't want to get um, marked as not teenage friendly. Your threshold of stress increases. This means whenever you ex are experiencing problems like, oh, my power bank just exploded, 
then you are not as stressed and therefore can act more rationally because you are more calmly and your body and your body's reaction actually doesn't really influence your rational you that much. This also means whenever you are hungry, you are kind of, well, okay, I'm hungry now, but it's not like, ah, I need food. This is also a huge thing. Basically, my hunger just completely went away after a time, especially when I actually ate clean, because I kind of allowed myself to not eat clean. I ate clean for years at this point, also avoiding sugar and not eating any, any uh, sweets and stuff like this for years. And I kind of, to in order to implement the intermittent fasting pattern of 22-22, which was kind of hard for me, I would say, I just, the, the deal was this. I can eat whatever I want as long as I, uh, as I restrict the feeding into a certain time frame. Okay. I then did the 128 hour fast. Why did I do this? I tried I tried it before. I did a I did 48 hours multiple times and but then I think after like the, the I did 50 hours I, I would have to look it up. But I think I, the maximum amount of time I fasted before was an extended two-day fast, like 48 hours. Because another thing is, it makes fasting in general, also long-term fasting, very easy. If you eat only once a day, then it's only one decision to also extend your fast. This means you also get the additional benefits of not only intermittent, intermittent fasting, but also these huge additional benefits of prolonged fasting. Like... After 72 hours, for example, it's not the exact numbers and I would have to look it up and I don't have it here right now. I, I mean, I could go through it, but uh, that's not the type of video I'm currently making. After around, I don't know, two days, three days, you actually, your body actually starts to produce stem cells. Then there's the, after, it depends on, on the source you cite. Um, after 12 hours to 18 hours to 24 hours maybe autophagy starts to starts to start this is a process that basically means your body is actually using all the leftover things in your body and actually using it to retrieve energy from it and to for example there are misfolded proteins in your body because whenever you fold proteins so basically whenever you have the DNA which is basically the the plan your body has to make new cells and whenever you make a new cell mRNA RNA, messenger RNA basically just copy just copy and paste DNA and then produces a protein it basically is like oh we take another we take tyrosine or another amino acid and just it's a gigantic um, construction set and then it's like okay we take this amino acid we take this and then we have a new protein but these proteins sometimes when um, when in space, when visualizing in space or visualized in space, these proteins actually depend on how they are folded and how the the the, the three-dimensional structure determines the functionality of the protein up to a certain extent, and this extent is huge, huge. I mean, huge. Um, what am I even doing here? Well, this means you have misfolded proteins in your body that essentially sit there for almost of all of your entire life because you never get into autophagy. And now you're 
fasting for the first time in your life and your body's like, hey, what about these? What about these dudes standing around there all the time and not doing anything? We could just fire them. And this is essentially, this is essentially what happens up to a certain degree, up to a certain extent. And this means autophagy is actually getting your body on a higher level of efficiency. This also means I'm sitting in the lower level of the video almost all the time. And this also means maybe I should finish in the video at some point in time. And the thing that kind of disturbs me is the fact my face kind of is um, really high in water retention, I would say, right now. Um, and now I'm talking about fasting all the time, which kind of is contradicting. It would be much more credible if I had just a very lean, nice-looking face right now. But also, I just couldn't make it work for, yeah, well, I didn't optimize for um, leanness in the face at this point in time, and this means also when I'm moving the lights, it doesn't change anything. But it doesn't matter, it's already recorded and it's already out there, and I probably won't post it, will not, not post it just because I look a certain way. This actually doesn't make sense, and also it's not a systemic change, because actually if you allow yourself once to not record something due to your appearance, then this basically makes the decisions for your future kind of harder. Same with fasting. Whenever you now eat, and whenever you don't do intermittent fasting, it just makes it harder for all the other days. This means after one, let's say after 20 days of intermittent fasting, 22, 22, it actually got really easy. And it's the same nowadays. If I get into intermittent fasting, and I skip breakfast, and I skip the meal, what I essentially do is I just take the lunchtime and I essentially sleep. This also means I get into more ketosis. So the state where your body burns fat and and you are refreshed after i sleep for usually around uh, i did different varieties of these but the thing is i just sleep for two hours which, which basically is like 30 percent or 33 percent of my overall sleeping time this also means um basically the day is completely split in two halves because once i um usually i sleep four hours in the morning so the day starts then i sleep four hours then i get up and then it's um, then the first half of the day ends. Then I sleep another two hours when the second half day starts, and then I'm ready at two a at two p.m. again, and I'm completely fresh. And I still haven't eaten. This also means my mind is completely, and also my mind is also fresh due to the fact my body had two hours of um, basically uh, getting rid of all the unnecessary things and optimizing my brain again, which essentially is. Maybe sleep. Okay, did the 20, 128 hour fast. What happened is this, um, hunger went down, like the hunger, essentially hunger has never been a huge part of my life before. Uh, and it also hasn't been when fasting, but when fasting, it got down to a point where I was hungry, like one to two minutes of very light hunger. And I mean, for, some people this may be a total game changer. For me, it also was a game changer because I wasn't like, if you are on keto, you are essentially like, I could eat food, but I also couldn't. I also could do something else. And the act of eating food is just 
something like, okay, I could also play the piano now, or then you play the piano and you're done. If you don't eat a lot of carbohydrates, because then you're like, oh, well, I could also eat this and this and this. This usually happens around the two hour or three hour mark. If you eat something carbohydrate rich, for example, 500 calories only lasts for around two or three hours and then your glycogen, the glycogen and liver threshold and hunger cycle starts again. But if you eat something and your body switches to fat burning again, then you just avoid all this crap and think about optimizing the the average intelligence, your average brain power throughout your life. If you don't eat the carbohydrates and if you have these phases, for example, a third of your day is maybe in the carbohydrate phase where you essentially are 20% dumber. Not only due to, or maybe more like 40%, maybe 35%, because essentially you have the baseline. You can increase the baseline by 10 to 30% by using ketone bodies and by switching to fat burning then there is the baseline again and whenever you eat you also have digestion which um, actually gets you below the baseline for um, i would say 20 to 30 percent maybe for a certain amount of time until you switch into uh, more like fat burning again or you run stable on glycogen also because ketones have more energy and because the glycogen in the liver is only for a few hours even if it's totally filled up. Um, and of course, you also get constant energy supply when digesting out of, out of your gut because sugars, for example, are released into the bloodstream and then the muscles or your brain takes it right out of the bloodstream. Therefore, it's not only the glycogen in your liver, but the glycogen in your liver only starts to supply the energy once um, the, the digestion doesn't supply your body with energy or in, a, in, a, in any form anymore. But this means whenever digesting, you are below this baseline threshold of intelligence, of overall processing power, if you consider overall processing power as intelligence. This means um, you basically, I don't want to say you can increase your IQ by 50%, but if you just, and also, I mean, if you do this at age 20, and you're basically 50% smarter throughout five years, I mean, your life is completely different. I mean, really, 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 really different. And it's not about, it's not about, uh, yeah, but you haven't built something like Amazon. The thing is not, if you have done these external things, um, you can measure success at, but the thing is, what you have would have done, the version of you that just didn't do these things, what would this version look like? And this is the only comparison you can make and also you should make. Therefore, whenever you skip a meal, the, the person that exists from now on in time, from basically life is a decision tree. And if you think about it, um, I'm now here. I could do five different things. All these things, so my knuckles are essentially decision points. And if I decide to fast, then my intelligence and my overall life gets better. When I decide to eat something, I don't know, then it stays on this path. And maybe here I stay on average the same. And maybe here I eat junk food and therefore degrade because it's not even a baseline meal, but it's like less than a baseline meal. Therefore, my overall, I just am then following a path that actually makes me less good. And you can actually measure this 
thing of goodness with pure rationality, with pure common sense. I mean, if you... <laughs> I mean, it's common sense. Chunk food is junk. That's just common sense. This means it makes you unhealthy. And it not only makes you unhealthy because of the direct effects, but also because of opportunity cost. Because you could have eaten something good, something that actually improves your health for the same amount of calories. Therefore, if you eat the junk food, it not, not only is below the baseline, but it's also not, not actually getting better. Therefore, it's just a Pareto optim optimal decision to go not for the junk food or to improve your life in such a way that you only... It only has to be the slightest decision. For example, if you drink too little, drinking only like 10 milliliters of water more will improve your life because it gets you on a path of life that is better. By sheer definition of all the things we just discussed, of all the axioms we have already. Back to fasting. You now have the tools you need to actually increase your overall intelligence. If you have an IQ of 100, of course, I cannot... I use, just use IQ as a measurement tool. But let's just say there is something else that's not the IQ, because the IQ also depends on the average intelligence of the population at this specific point in time, because overall IQ tends to go up. But yeah, different thing measuring intelligence. Just think of a CPU's power. The more power the CPU has, the more tasks it can do, the more efficiently, not really efficiently, but it's just a fixed amount of brain power over time produces a certain amount of results or certain results. And if you just get rid of um, some brain power, it just takes longer and therefore you cannot do something else in this time. It, I mean, it works in both directions. The thing you wanna, I want to give you there is this thing called fasting. And fasting not only improves your brain power directly, but also indirectly. It improves, it is probably the single most efficient tool, apart from the single most efficient tool. Uh, the thing is, it makes you crave all these junk foods less. It's essentially restoring your, your body's defaults. It's like restoring your phone into default mode after you have installed like 10 viruses because you ate for 10 years. And now you have the ability to get rid of these 10 viruses by using a process called autophagy, by using the stem cell production that uh, actually occurs after a few days of fasting. Uh, your allergies tend to go down in general. Your cancer probability goes down if you extend all the fasting periods. Basically, just think of all the meals you eat in your entire life. Let's say your entire life consists of five, 50 years. A pretty good approximation, I would say, because let's face it, you only want to count the consistently good years. And after 50 years, the probability that, for one, you will not be alive anymore because you had a an accident, a car accident, for example. Or let's just say 55 years. Uh, 50, not 55, 50 safe years. And these are like... 25,000 days, uh, yeah, it's around 25,000 days, maybe 20,000, somewhere around this. If you now eat three times a day and you just reduce it to one, let's say, or one extended period of eating, let's say two hours or four hours, the amount of meals goes down by 66%. This means you now only have, let's say, 
your half of the 50 years, this means you only have 10,000 meals left. If you now only eat for one or two hours, this means you can just calculate, okay, I need 20,000 hours for, for the meals for the rest of my life. If you now uh, eat three times a day and you say also, okay, let's just say one hour for each meal, then you basically have 40,000 hours less. And these are not sleeping hours. These are not working out hours, but these are work hours. These are hours of work. I mean, 40. If you think about in an eight-hour day, so basically a year is 365 eight-hour days. And if you now just take these calculations instead of a 24-hour day, because a 24-hour day is only theoretically a thing when it comes to working or, or just doing tasks, which essentially is the task of life, doing tasks. Then, uh, I mean, yeah, well, you have more time. Your life basically just extended, got extended by 40,000 work hours, by 40,000 active hours. It just got extended by 10%. Why? Because the one hour you save or the two hours you save don't get added to the 24 hours, but to the eight hours in relation to the eight hours. This means we're just getting one additional hour. This also works for all small optimizations. But let's just take the eight hours, add one hour. Then we have an increase of around 10%. If we add two hours, then it's around 20%. And this is active time again. This means from the 50 years, you just got five years or 10 years added. That means instead of ending your life at age 50, you end your life at age 60. And if we now count in the factor that till age 20 you're basically just a dumb teenager just of course thinking a little bit similar but your brain hasn't even developed yet of course yeah i mean would it be better to spend your whole life as a teenager with a teenage mind maybe maybe not doesn't matter right now the thing is from the 50 years theoretically you have of okay of having finished brain or neuronal development you now also have uh, at age. It's only start. It it only starts at age twenty. So basically, out of the fifty years, you only got thirty. And now, if we add ten years to this, ten years, twenty percent, eight hours, two hours, because of the two hours less meals. What you effectively just did is you increased your life by thirty. To 10 hours more this means 30 divided by 3 30 divided by 10 means an increase of 25 percent this means by getting rid of breakfast and dinner each counting in clocking in time for one or two hours you effectively just increased your life by 25 percent by one fourth and this is not any time of life but these are active life hours with your actual consciousness on with your actual brain development finished to huge portions and with all the risks of dying with all the risks of intelligence degradation or whatever you call it whatever the word for um, degradation 
I don't know what a, the degrade noun is. With all these risks kind of counted into the 50 years, to begin with, this means healthy years where you are awake, where you can do more stuff. 25%. And these are not only 25% years. This is only, these are only the time effects. These are only the time effects because you also have the additional brain power of 25% because you just skip all these meals and therefore increase the amount of time you spend in keto and therefore not even counting in the effect of being on keto actually also has an effect but just by getting rid of all these, all these phases where you would be on carb and therefore dumber and therefore not only not only baseline but also dumber because of the just effect of digestion the effect the effect that your brain your body just uses a certain amount of energy just to digest the food within your waking hours within your working hours <laughs> i mean and these are things this is this is just Okay, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's this. This is a calculation every 10-year-old kid could theoretically do. But we are now at a point within the video and also within the conversation we are having right now where you're probably either following me completely or you didn't even watch it. And when it comes to social interactions, these are not conversations we are having. You ha maybe have a conversation like these a few times in your life, and that's it. We are not talking about these things like that. We are not having... Yeah, well, that's another point entirely. Let's just count in everything again. 25% more time added. Just by getting rid of two meals. This means you now can also calculate your macros basically for the next 10,000 days of your life or 9,000 days or maybe 5,000 days or maybe it's only 1,000 days. Who knows? Nobody. Obvious. <laughs> Obviously. I just gave myself an answer to a rhetoric question. Okay. Then you have just the, the phases of digestion and on-carb being running on carbs reduced, therefore increasing your brain power by just getting rid of the digestion. This means not only 25%, but also overall the years 20 to 50 or 20 to 60 now, 40 years, uh, well, yeah, 40 years, basically on an upgraded computer. Basically on an upgraded, not really upgraded hardware, because, well, the hardware is still the same. It's just different input. It's just like switching your fuel to... You actually could compare it. Because there is also this other thing happening. If you're running on carbs, then your blood sugar is really unstable. It's basically like renewable energy, because it basically fluctuates a lot. Like, sometimes there's the wind, sometimes there's not the wind and then there is the sun and then the sun goes away and then there are clouds and it goes away and essentially it fluctuates all the time and then your brain power uh, your brain takes a little bit out of uh, out 
little bit more glycogenized blood for a certain amount of time because you're writing an exam or you're studying and then you're kind of watching Netflix again and your brain's power is reduced and therefore it fluctuates all the time. And the only thing your body can do is release glycogen or don't release glycogen. But when the glycogen runs out, then of course it can handle all the, the fat burning process. But once the fat burning is on, it's essentially, okay, now burning fat. And because fat has a density of energy that is pretty high, it basically is completely stable compared to compared to running on glycogen. Or running on glycogen out of your digestion, out of your digestural tract. Digestive tract is the right phrase. So now, adding it up. Your life just increased by 10 years just from the amount of time. You then are also spending less time being effectively digestive dumb. The next thing is, compared to the base level you had for your life till now, your brain power because of the ketone bodies and because of, well, because of the ketone bodies, efficiency, and also more stability, and therefore also more focus, but only not only more focus for 10 minutes, but also uh, more focus for more hours. This basically means you can work for hours on end without getting like lazy, tired, wanting to watch Netflix. I just felt my overall dumbness got down whenever, and also goes down. It's essentially like um, talking like a teenager whenever I'm on carbs to being hyper-focused. Of course, it's only an exaggeration. <laughs> it's like, there's this YouTuber and he was like, he's in God mode. Like, and I just imagined myself or anybody else just in front of the, just in front of the notebook screen and like <laughs> typing compared to of eating carbs. That's essentially what happens. So it's 40 years. It's 25 years more, not really 25 years, but 25, 25% more time, a third, a fourth more time, but not only time, that's time, still on average, then you count in the digestive things and phases, which get reduced, this basically already elevates your overall intelligence over your life, intelligence over time, basically. Um, Again, by 20 to 25%, maybe, or maybe by 10 to 20%, somewhere in that range, I would guess. And then you're also putting your brain on steroids, steroids basically, because it runs on ketones now. We're running on ketones now. I don't know which phrase this is. Something like, oh, we're doing things differently now. But I can't remember any movie quote at this point in time. Also, it's getting a little bit late. Yeah, this is it. So, do you want to skip a meal? Or do you want to eat breakfast tomorrow? Think about it. And think about it maybe twice.